Oconee State Bank is now serving Gwinnett. With the opening of a new commercial loan center, Oconee State Bank is proud to offer businesses in Gwinnett the type of remarkable service owners expect from their local community bank and financial partner. Their commercial bankers, Josh Osborne and Mike Fulton, have a combined 38 years of serving Gwinnett and are ready to help. Learn more about Oconee State Bank, their new Gwinnett Commercial Loan Center, and their mission to create remarkable experiences at OconeeStateBank.com. Member FDIC. Broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio inside the Sinesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel, it's time for Beyond the Cupola, presented by Oconee State Bank. At Oconee State Bank, experience remarkable. And hello again, everybody, and welcome to Beyond the Cupola. We're broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio in the beautiful Sinesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel. I'm Mike Salmond, and this show is brought to you by Oconee State Bank, where we like to experience remarkable, and we always share remarkable stories uh, of folks in the community. And we have someone who's very involved in the community, especially the Watkinsville area. Uh, Brian Broderick is with Jackson Spaulding, a marketing company, also on the board of directors, right, Brian, for the Oconee State Bank? That's right. I'm on the board for Oconee State Bank and have been with Jackson Spaulding for 22 years. And a city councilman in Watkinsville, and what don't you do, I guess? is the question well you'll you'll find with Oconee State Bank and most of our team we're all engaged in a whole lot of things and um, are trying to support the community in a lot of ways and I'm proud to be part of that family well we're going to talk marketing today uh, before we get into marketing for Oconee State Bank and some of the things that that companies can do to really effectively market their service or products let's find out more about Jackson Spaulding give us a brief uh, background about the company well so Jackson Spaulding was founded 22 years ago in Atlanta by two Atlanta natives Glenn Jackson and Bo Spaulding and our mission is to uh, probably not our mission but what we try to do every day is to help brands bring meaningful experiences to life and so we do that a lot of different ways as you know marketing's changed a lot uh, <laughs> yeah. from the days of 22 years ago when there were really just three or four ways that you could market um, now you have all kinds of digital opportunities we have things like radio and business radio and podcasts and things that didn't exist um, but we also have the opportunity uh, through digital storytelling through video through traditional media a lot of different ways to help our clients tell stories and so that's what we do is we try to help to bring those experiences to life for our clients in any way that we're going to reach their consumer that we can. So we've got a team of people in Atlanta, a team in Athens, a team in Dallas, Texas, and we work for clients large and small all over the country. Now, the connection with Oconee State Bank is you handle some of the marketing for the bank. We do handle some of the marketing for the bank, but my connection goes back um, much deeper. I was uh, in 1992 when I was a senior in high school. I was asked to be on our junior board, which still exists. And um, so I joined the junior board at Oconee State Bank with some of my good friends. And eventually my uh, my future wife was also on that junior board. So we um, I learned a lot about the bank then. And that was kind of my first opportunity to understand what makes Oconee State Bank special. So it was um, really a wonderful opportunity a few years ago when I was asked to join the board of directors and kind of come full circle and um, help the bank in a very different way. Back at that young age, you decided to join the junior board. Was it because maybe you thought, maybe I'm going to get into banking one day, or you knew you wanted to be involved in the community? I mean, usually at that age, you're thinking, you know, going out with girls and playing sports, but you, but you got involved, and I'm sure you did all that too, but you got involved on, on the board. What was the thinking there? You know, I had... Um I didn't know a lot about it. Um, I'd always been civically minded, and there was an opportunity to sign up in the office at school, and I thought, well, let's uh, let's see. And I didn't have a connection to the bank, but I guess I had some teachers who thought I might be helpful, and um, I think it wound up blessing me a lot more than I was able to help the bank at the time. But um, 
but uh, it was a really neat opportunity and something I was uh, working. I was an athlete. There were a lot of things I was doing, but I, I would never trade the opportunity to get to know the bank that way. So getting involved in the community and civic duty has obviously been in your blood for a very, very long time. It has been. You know, my parents were both very involved uh, wherever we lived, and um, my wife's family's been very involved. And um, I just think that's that's part of what makes um, America great. And I think sometimes it's easy to go home and retreat to uh, retreat to your book, retreat to your screen, retreat to your TV. But that's not what um, that's what what makes communities great. What makes communities great is when our citizens stay active and engaged, even if you can just pick one thing. Um, each year to make a difference in, whether it's your church, your community, your town, um, your homeowners association, your kids' sports program, pick something and do it, and we're all going to be better for it. So you're in a very unique situation with Oconee State Bank because typically you have a marketing company that will work with a business. Here you kind of know the inner workings of Oconee State Bank while you're doing the marketing. So you're, it's, it's, a, it's a situation that I've never come across before. Well, and we do have, I try, you know, we have a great team of people. So it's not just me. We have a team of people who support the bank, and the bank has an exceptional team of marketers. Deisha Hagwood and her team are exceptional, but our senior leadership team are all also great brand ambassadors. So while I do understand what's going on at the bank, there is a little bit of church and state with that, and that I have a team of people at Jackson Spalding who are also helping the bank with its marketing initiatives. So I get involved. I support them. I give them insights. Um, but there's also, there needs to be um, there needs to be a little bit of church and state for my role as a board member. So I, um, I'm, I'm careful about that and that we support and help the bank as we need to. But we have really talented people who know a lot more about me, about certain things in the marketing sphere who are, um, who are supporting and helping the bank too. Our guest is Brian Broderick. He's uh, with uh, Jackson Spaulding, also on the board for Oconee State Bank. And this is uh, Beyond the Cupola, which is the weekly Oconee State Bank podcast and radio show here on Business Radio X. What is the game plan when it comes to marketing and community involvement for Oconee State Bank? You know, I think the um, the bank's bank has evolved a little bit, you know, and what you've seen, Oconee State's always been driven by community engagement and marketing within the community. But what we've realized is um, we're going to have to cast a little bit of a wider net. And to cast a little bit of a wider net, you have to become a little bit more sophisticated with your marketing. And that's what we've seen with the team at Oconee State Bank. You have uh, programs like the one that we're on. We have a very strong digital presence that I'd put up against any community bank in the state of Georgia. In fact, I'd argue for a bank of our size, our marketing is, is probably in the um, – uh, one of the top banks in the country. I mean, Disha and her team do an exceptional job at every level, and um, but it really requires constant engagement and constant nurturing. We have people in schools, we have people at Chamber of Commerce events, but we also have really rich digital content. We expanded our branch hours last week, and instead of ex- just announcing we expanded them, we had um, we have videos going viral with people with customers and bankers actually performing and talking about that and what a big deal that is but that's at the end of the day it all ties back to our um, mission which is to create remarkable experiences for our customers and what we're trying to do whether it's through marketing whether it's through that customer experience is to really create remarkable experiences Mm -hmm. we're not focused on yeah we're focused on the bottom line we're focused on shareholder value but at the end of the day that all takes care of itself if we focus on creating those experiences and our bank is born out of the community so even as you grow you have to create new communities wherever you wind up you talk about how proud you are of the marketing and, and, and how aggressive and, and out of the box as well. I mean, to think, you know, 10, 15 years ago, to, to even think about doing a podcast like this, 
did anyone even know what a podcast was 10 or 15 years ago? Uh, so it, it, it's, it may have started as a small time, as a bank in a small community, but there's really some big, big thoughts. Well, and you, you know, you have to remember Oconee, you know, is not that small community anymore. So when I was growing up, sure it was. But, you know, the reality is the word Oconee is a regional brand. You know, when people think about Oconee, they think about Lake Oconee. They think about a community with the best school system in the state. They think about a wonderful place to live. They're, they think about a place where they might want to spend their weekend, whether it's on a river, on a lake, or in a national forest. So there's there's a lot of, uh, as, a brand, um, as a brand aficionado, there's a lot to that word when you really unpack it and understand it. And then what we have to do as we grow our customer base is say, we're going to create the same kind of experiences and the same kind of opportunities um, for all of our customers that they, that they associate with that brand. And so we have a real opportunity because of what that word means that um, it's not um, it's not Hey Hira National Bank. You know, there's there's some power to our brand. Mm-hmm. And if our friends from Hey Hira are listening, no offense, but it's a little bit different right. when um, it's Oconee State. So there's not, um, it's really a sophisticated team of bankers offering unmatched products and services to businesses all over uh, the state of Georgia. And, and we're, we're able to do that because of the technology that we have now and the skills of our bankers. So marketing is going to continue to evolve. But at its root, it really is around having great people who are just going to wind up finding the best ways to connect with our customers. Does the marketing change? Does the game plan change now that you're growing into larger uh, urban areas such as, you know, Gwinnett County and you're getting into the bigger city now? Has that changed how you market Oconee State Bank? It, it does to some degree. I, you know, you know. again, I think what we have to do is focus on understanding who our audience is, and then what's the right way to deliver that message to them? You know, what are they what are they paying attention to? We all know how cluttered the world is. So that's not just an Oconee State Bank challenge. That's a challenge for every one of my clients. So what does that require? Instead of spending more money to do more things, in my mind, it means you spend more money to understand your audience. You understand where they are. You understand what they're interested in. You get some real meaningful insights about what they want, and you deliver content and information that they expect, or you build a connection that's going to benefit them rather than going out and saying, well, yeah, I think I need to do four more things and buy, you know, put three ads on the radio and four on TV and put something in the newspaper. We really prefer to start with strategy, to start with research, to start with analysis, do all that up front. It can be a little bit more expensive, but generally the payoff is uh, much, much greater if you tackle it that way. And the bank will tackle it the same way. You know, the team there is very sophisticated in how they do that. We have, um, they understand who it is that's likely to bank with us. There's been a lot of transition in the Gwinnett marketplace in the past few years, which creates a lot of opportunities for a very strong and sound bank with, in my mind, the best banking team in this community. So all of a sudden we've got all kinds of opportunities with the transitions of some of your, frankly, your stalwarts that were in this marketplace. Um, if you think about brand and you think about some of the others that have gone away, uh, great institutions, um, but things change when there's an acquisition. So we're really thrilled that uh, we're going to be here to take care of um, take care of our customers and hopefully find some new ones. And I would think great customer service, relationships, good people, that translates whether you're in a small community or a large community? Let's be honest. That's what people want no matter where right. you are. I mean, you know, just because you're living in a, in a bigger community, I don't think the citizens of uh, Gwinnett County have any uh, lower expectation of um, exceptional service and exceptional people. Um, you know, ideally, it's somebody you know. It's somebody you can connect with. And that's why we've got Josh and Mike and Deborah and Steve and that whole team over there who are just 
exceptional. They're right off of Brown Road, and in fact, I heard on the lead end it says loan production. We now have a have a branch there. We're fully we're able to take deposits, and that's all going and authorized and legal at this point. So we've already grown into a branch type operation off of North Brown Road, right on the line, I think between Duluth and Lawrenceville. Um, so you know we've got uh, we've got a great team here, and um, you know people want to people want to do business with people that they like and with a business that um, moves quickly and helps them create opportunities, and that's what we do. And now more people can experience Remarkable with of Oconee course, State of Bank. Of course, that's what we want. Let's get back, Brian, to, to Jackson Spalding now because Oconee State Bank is just one client. You obviously work with a lot of other businesses out there. How are you uh, working with these businesses to help them communicate with their audience? Well, you, you know, it comes back to what I said earlier, Mike. It's um, we can do um, – we can – if anything communication, I like to say what we can help with. So how do we then take – um, how do we then take those the experiences that they're creating for their customers generally? They're all exceptional companies and bring them to life. So whether it's a uh, rather significant um, significant corporate citizen, someone like a Delta or a Orkin, or whether it's a smaller business, or whether it's a nonprofit going through a time of change, or whether it's a civic entity uh, thinking about a massive infrastructure project, we are um, you know we are helping them with their video needs. We're helping them with their audio needs. We're helping them develop a social strategy, whether it's paid or whether it's free and how they get that in front of people. We're helping them still. How do I deal with the media in an age of shrinking newspapers and where people don't, um, people may not pay as much attention as they used to, but it still is a very powerful tool for thought leadership and content. The traditional media is still very important and in my mind is still an important safeguard in our democracy. So uh, traditional advertising and how we operate there um, and all of the worlds of the different kinds of content that we can provide. So what we've done is built a shop that is delivery agnostic. Um, you know, a traditional advertising agency is going to make its money based on how many ads it buys and the percentage of revenue that it gets back from a, um, from a media outlet. You know, so they're, if they buy commercials for you, they're typically going to take 15% of that and they're going to make a lot of money. That's how your political consultants get so rich. We're very different. We're agnostic about that. So we don't make money off of ad buys. We don't make money off commissions. We uh, charge by the hour for our people, and our people give you the best idea that's going to help connect you with your audience based on the research and the insights we can generate. And that's what uh, we work to do. And then you combine that with a deep understanding of the communities we serve, the industries we serve, and all of that's undergirded by a strong set of uh, strong set of values with our people where you hire great people yeah they create a great culture and voila you've got a, a strong record of success for 22 years the way companies now communicate is obviously changing you've touched upon social media and it used to be in the day it was just you know three or four avenues you had billboards tv radio and i guess newspapers and magazines right and, and that was about it now you have social media where even the little guy can appear as a, as a big guy kind of evens the playing field a little bit it does even the playing field up, but I think the other opportunity it really creates, you know, it's easy to kind of just go and say, hey, what's changed here is social media. But I think what has, um, you have to go a little bit deeper to understand what the consumer expects. I think what it's created is an opportunity for transparency and, frankly, an expectation of transparency. Um, it's one of the biggest mistakes that entities can make is thinking, oh, this is just going to slide by or this issue is going to disappear. Well, no, when you've got a thousand people on Twitter who are frustrated by an issue, that's very likely to blow up. And you're getting instant feedback that you didn't get years yep. ago yep. so if you do something wrong you're going to hear about it within seconds and you're going to hear about it and your customers are very likely to see it too or your potential customers so uh, 
that requires a different kind of infrastructure than a lot of our clients used to have, particularly for consumer brands. It also creates an expectation of localization, you know, so people, um, as big as the world is, I think people at the end still want to have some sort of connectivity with the organization that they're working working with a lot of times. So it just because you're a big brand, you have to find an ability to get local. And that's what you're seeing is with some of the biggest brands in the world and some of our clients is how do I connect more deeply into Atlanta or into New York or into Los Angeles or into Watkinsville or these other communities where you are. Um, and then I think, you know, the, um, you know, people still have to find a way, they want to find a real person. And so while a lot of things have changed, the delivery channels have changed, and it's easy to kind of focus in on what the changes are, I think it's also created a whole different sort of uh, expectation level and a kind of infrastructure that corporate marketing and PR departments have to have. It's funny because you say people still want to talk to people. They want to get to know a person. They still want a relationship. And a lot of folks will say social media is anything but social these days because people aren't talking as much. Uh, but but through podcasts like this, you can get to know people as well. So you, if you use it properly, you can really hit all those goals you talked about. You can. And how do I? How does a how does a big brand or a big corporation or even a small business? How do you create? personal relationships and that's the opportunity that comes with social media and maybe personal isn't the right world but meaningful direct relationships and connections is becomes the expectations of the consumer so how do you how do you do that how do you accomplish that um, you know your best brands your brands that are evolving are, are doing that and doing that rather well uh, but it's not the same way that you might have done it uh, 10 or 15 years ago but there's the expectation of the consumer even in an impersonal world when something goes wrong they want to get personal real fast yeah. 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 Well, here's and we're talking again with Brian Broderick with uh, Jackson Spalding, a marketing company, and um, and they do great work. And here's probably where you er you earn your keep sometimes is there's so much out there when especially when it comes to the social media, the digital media with with uh, the Twitters and the LinkedIn's and the Facebooks and the and the Instagrams and the and all these others that I can't even I don't even know what what they do. Our, my, our kids probably know them better than we do. How do you know where you want to be? There's so much, for lack of a better term, clutter out there. How do you get through the clutter to help your company get the message to the right people? You know, it, it really comes back to start making time to start with research and insights. And I can't stress that enough that, you know, so many times it's tempting to take your marketing budget and say, I want to deploy every bit of this on execution and on reaching people. But generally, if people will pause and take a percentage of those funds and say, you know what I need to understand first, I need to understand my audience. I need to understand where they spend their time. I need to understand what they care about. I need to have some insights on what they're passionate about. And if I'm armed with insights, around where they're spending their time and what they care about, then I can develop a much more effective campaign. And so that's generally what we have to help our clients understand. Armed with that information, then I can generally know, okay, your audience is, you know, 18 to 24. They're probably on Instagram. They probably prefer Instagram stories to a traditional Instagram feed. They're probably not on Facebook. They may use Twitter just for their news, but they may also be sick of all the all the back and forth and the jibber-jabber and the negative stuff on Twitter. So maybe Instagram's the right place to focus in on some promoted posts. But you know what we have to do to have that? We've got to find a way to cre create some creative content. So we've also got to go out and do that, bring it back to our website. And then how do we transition into conversions? How do we turn that into something real? So that then takes, um, that takes some work. That takes having somebody who understands measurement. And we have a great team that understands measurement. We have a great team 
that understands content. And so what we've tried to really build is sort of a full funnel approach to marketing. Um, and that's been a transition for us. When back in the days when we started, you know, 20 or 22 years ago, we were much more narrowly focused on a traditional public relations and communication spectrum. But what we've realized is we've got to be able to create insights um, up front, understand those audiences, and then on the back end, be able to measure. But it's all grounded in a great strategy. And then our team is known all over in all of our markets for really sound tactical execution. So once you nail that, you also have to have a team that can pull off that special event, um, whatever marketplace it's in, that it's not a disaster, that it creates that social buzz or it creates that traditional media buzz. Um, So you can't just plan it. You've got to be able to execute it. And so we've got a team that can strategize, that can plan, that can execute, and that can measure at the end. And um, we do that um, every day for clients from uh, from. Delta to Orkin to Children's Healthcare of Atlanta to some of the great brands of Atlanta, but we also are proud, proud, proud to support um, smaller clients, clients who are in need, people who might be in a transitional moment and they just need some sound strategic advice. Wow, you brought up a lot in that one answer, and I'm going to ask you about a couple things to tear it apart a little bit here. Is first of all the good. In the old days, you would just try to spend money and reach as many people as you could and hope that a couple funnel down, you maybe get some prospects some clients and get some business out of it. Where today, and you just talked about about this, you can actually directly do a shotgun approach. I'm going after people that watch TV five days a week. They like to eat out all the time at this kind of a restaurant. It's uh, So you can really pinpoint exactly who you're going after, after and be more cost-effective with your dollars. Right. Yeah. So it's anything but, um, you know, you know, the the old analogy, I'd say, is kind of the rifle and the shotgun. And, you know, it's really I'd say probably neither one of those are right. I think, you know, probably it's a matter of how do I direct um, how do I direct all those little uh, all these little these little pellets in one direction or another. Um, You know, so how do how do we chase that down? How do we understand what those habits are? And the great thing about the fracturing of the media environment is there are so many ways you can target. So it it does create inherently probably a little bit of inefficiency but with a really great media planning team um, that we have that's, again, that's agnostic, that's not getting compensated by one of those, uh, that's not being compensated by one of those mediums, then we can make a recommendation that involves the right solution as opposed to making the recommendation that's going to involve, a, you know, going to involve some kind of a kickback to us. It can also be a little scary for the average Joe out there thinking that, okay, Everyone, they know everything about me these days. It's, it, you know, it's almost Big Brother is watching you. Yeah, you know, and I, we don't get, we don't go there. You know, I mean, we we keep it a several clicks up from that. Now, right. you know, if you want to get into, it's over my head. If we want to talk about how Facebook and others are mining data, thankfully, you know, we don't have to get there. And I'm pleased that we don't because that creates a whole different quandary. But you know, we do. Um, you know, we focus in very much uh, demographically on people, um, and those those slices do get thinner and thinner. But generally, um, we're not getting down to the individual or anything like that I think that gets um, that, that gets loaded up with a whole different set of questions and ethics and issues like that right absolutely yeah. where is marketing going from here because 15 20 years ago you would have never seen it this landscape that we see today obviously we can't predict what's going to happen 15 20 years from now but any any ideas of where it might be going I think it's going to be, I think no matter what people say, you know, if uh, without a major disruption in the digital economy or our digital platform, which I think would require some, you know, which would require something awful happening, um, it's going to become intensely curated and personalized. And I think consumers are going to be incredibly savvy about the information that they want and what they want to see, and they're going to control that uh, much more aggressively. So I think you're going to have, uh, whether it's a phone, whether it's a piece of glass, 
whether it's your um, whether it's your TV screen at home. I think you'll have your settings. I think you'll be curated. And so what I think that's going to come back to is there's going to be a need for earned media and compelling content. You know, so just serving something up on a paid basis is going to get harder and harder uh, for your customers. So I think what then it comes back to is how do I strategize around creating something meaningful somebody wants to pay attention to? How do I create a brand that is so sticky and so powerful that somebody wants to reach into that and say, I'd like to receive your content. You look at uh, an organization like Chick-fil-A where they create experiences and content and material that's powerful, it's profound. People will subscribe for stuff that helps them with the challenges of their days. That comes back to our original idea, which is if you understand your consumer, you understand what they want, what their challenges are, and you can help them. You know, And it comes back to Oconee State Bank. We're trying to... Um, you know, create remarkable experiences. We're trying to create, be essential to the lives of the people that we serve. And so when that's your focus, as opposed to making money from people, that changes your frame of reference as a marketer, right? Because you're trying to create some value and serve that up to those people, deliver something to your customers or to the customers you want. And it becomes more of a two-way exchange, which is what we all want, rather than me being seen as, hey, I'm the person who's going to pay $5 for whatever product you're going to offer. So I think it's really going to require companies and entities that want to reach people in a meaningful way to dig a little bit deeper and think, what can I create that makes this person want to interact with my brand? And that's what the best brands are already doing. It's what a lot of our clients are doing. That's what the bank's doing. But we're going to have to get smarter and smarter about that. Yeah, I find this fascinating. So I appreciate you you, you taking all the questions here. Uh, as we get back to Oconee State Bank, too, I'm sure you enjoy working with a company that it's not all about, okay, how many people can we reach? It's more like how many relationships can we create? Right. Yeah. I mean, and that's that's what a great community bank is all about. And a lot of community banks have disappeared. I mean, in Georgia, we have hundreds fewer banks than we did pre-recession. And that's because of mergers and acquisitions and also bank failures. And nationally, we have a huge problem. So, you know, but at a bank like Oconee State, we don't charge you to walk in the branch. We don't have these kind of a lot of these fees that you're going to find at a, at a national bank. What we want is that relationship. What we value is uh, the opportunity to serve you and serve your family um, as you um, as you move through life, as you need that business loan, as you need that opportunity to expand your home, as you uh, as you need a safe place to put your deposits and support your community as you do that. So that's that's what we value. And I think again, you know, that's what's so important when you start with that at your core of being essential, being at the core of people's lives, um, then I think your customers are going to take care of you. So we start with that rather than starting with a bottom line. The bottom line for us is really a healthy community and healthy customers. And we really believe if we can achieve that, then uh, the bank will be taken care of. I think what's really cool, too, and very interesting for what you do is there's a little balancing line that you've got to uh, follow in that you, you mentioned some of the other banks that are so big and they kind of lost that personal experience. You, you feel like a number. Oconee State Bank is nowhere near that, but you are growing. You still have a board to, to answer to and shareholders and, and stockholders to answer to. How do you continue to grow the brand but still keep that personalized service or or feel i guess right right word you know i mean it starts with it starts with mission and vision and values and staying true to those and if you can stay true to those at the core then that informs the decisions you make as you get larger and it might mean you don't make as much money on something it might mean you forego a strategic decision that takes you away from that but long term if we all agree as a board and we all agree as a group of uh as a group of uh senior leaders in the bank it's no different than with the decisions we make at jackson spalding you know in both organizations there's times where we make we don't base our decisions on what's going to make the most money it's based on what's best 
for our clients, what's best for our people. Um, and that's what gives a brand resonance. That's what gives brands longevity is when you look through things through that lens rather than purely a financial lens. Financial always has to be an important part of the picture because if you're not making money, nothing works. If your shareholders right. aren't happy, nothing works. But what I think the majority of our shareholders and, um, and customers understand and appreciate is that um, – is that we take a little bit of a different approach to that, and um, it enables us to do some things very differently than other institutions. Yeah, well, I find it fascinating, and uh, just keep up the great work uh, with Oconee State Bank and Jackson Spaulding. Uh, before we let you go, Brian, for those that would like to reach out, find out more about Jackson Spaulding, where can they get that information? Look into your services. Yeah, so well, we'd love to have, uh, we'd love to talk to anybody who's interested. Our website is www.jacksonspaulding.com, or just type in Jackson Spaulding in Google, and we'll come up. Um, you can find me on there. You can find anybody from our team. Um, we have offices. Uh, we have an office in Atlanta. We have an office in Athens. We have an office in Texas. And then we've got other people working all over the country serving our clients. And if there's somebody who wants to talk to us about their uh, their brand, how to how to create, uh, how to help better tell their story, we would be uh, thrilled to do that. And we talked uh, briefly before we went on the air about the more you give back, it seems the more you receive. Right. And I think that's um, that's there's just there's it's so true and i think it's important for everyone to understand and take that approach to how they're approaching not just their business but how are you approaching your life and i think there's some communities in this area that are great examples of that when you look at people who could have you know packed up and headed for the hills but then i look at how duluth and swanee and norcross and so many communities here in gwinnett county and across georgia have been reborn because people are choosing to reinvest re-engage and give back not expecting anything back and all of a sudden you see some remarkable returns and um that's um that's the kind of thing whether it's for your business whether it's for your community this is the politician in me coming out but give back um invest that time for your children in the schools uh somewhere and we're all going to be better citizens for it and we're going to have better communities for it i really enjoyed the conversation thank you for coming in today my pleasure thanks mike uh, ryan uh, broderick with uh, jackson spaulding and uh, also representing oconee state bank here on beyond the cupola a reminder you can listen to this show we're live every thursday at one o'clock eastern time here on business radio x go to businessradiox.com, select the gwinnett studio and then you can select uh, beyond the cupola you can listen live and if you're not listening thursdays at one o'clock between one and one thirty you can listen anytime 24 7 and go to any of our shows there uh you'll see the archives and all our previous beyond the cupola shows are listed right there back to the very first one when we had neil stevens the president of oconee state bank on the show so we're, we're up to about three months or four months of shows now i think so anyway for brian and for our producer trey i'm mike hope you enjoyed the show we'll see you next time right here on beyond the cupola